Welcome to the Powerful Marketing Tips Podcast, created for overwhelmed business owners who want to build, run, and organize their marketing for good. And here's a brief overview of our guest. Get ready to become more productive. You're about to meet Garland Colson, also known as Captain Time. Garland has spent more than 25 years mastering time management. At first, he was determined to learn time management for his own career, but soon found himself helping others wherever he worked. As Captain Time, he is now a time management speaker, trainer, and coach, helping thousands of people double or triple their productivity. Coming up, inspiring productivity tips for business owners and marketers. Hello, everybody. So time is free, but it's priceless. And let's be honest, we all have the same 24 hours to use every day. But how is it that some people get more done within the same time? We all wish that we would use our time most effectively, but how to really do it? How to really become productive every day? Well, those are some of the most important questions I would say we dive into with today's special guest. Welcome, Garland. Thanks so much for having me, Mary Lise. Thank you. So as a starting point, please share with us your own journey. How did you discover that time is your passion? Well, many years ago, I worked for a uh, large bank uh, in one of their branches, and I was middle management. My manager gave me a very lovely gift um, one time just before Christmas, and it was a lovely red uh, leather-bound daytimer. And uh, my first thought was, wow, what a lovely gift. But my second thought was, wait, is he insinuating I'm not organized? But my, uh, in truth, I really think it was just a lovely gift. And I opened it up. And it opened up a whole new world for me because the daytimer um, had, a, had a spot in it for my appointments, for my work and to-do list, for my phone calls, for my expenses. And in the back, it had sections for meeting notes and goal setting and clients. And the level of thinking that went into that just suddenly opened my eyes and, and it made me want to learn more about it. So I started to read every book I could get my hands on, listen to every, uh, well, back then, because I'm old, it was uh, cassette tapes. But, you know, while I was commuting in my car, I would continually listen to everything I could get my hands on for time management because I really wanted to master this for me. It was something I really wanted to, to do for me. Wow, that's that's very that's a great story, you know. Just from somebody's gift, you really discover what is important. That's amazing. So, I understand that at least the way I see this is that um, you know your your mindset is a big part here, right? When it comes to managing yourself and your time, really. I also. I, I keep saying to my own clients usually that, you know, in marketing, even your mindset has to be stronger than your emotions, but yes. it is, it is very common for business owners, you know, to plan activities for the day, but then pl those blindsided, uh, they are blindsided by unexpected situations. You know, there are meetings we need to attend. We need to answer those unexpected phone calls, must maybe review our social media posts, manage comments. I don't know, sometimes we need to deal with website crashes or unhappy clients or etc. right? So it is so easy to become overwhelmed because your to-do list, you know, keeps growing. And at the same time, time is ticking. And still, you don't know how to say no. You feel stressed and you feel a lot of anxiety. And 
where I'm heading is that we know from the theory, but still reality gets us and it's painful. So I guess where I'd like to start with our, with your own words, really, please help us to understand the power of why, you know, the mindset here. Well, I think the, uh, there's so much to unpack in that. <laughs> I know, a very sorry. Huge issue. We could probably do a book, a book uh, entirely here. I know. But uh, a couple things to remember. A couple things that came up when you're talking about is remember you are in control of your time, and we often feel we aren't. We think, oh, you know, my my clients mm-hmm. need this, so I'm not in control. My my investors need this, like you know, uh, so we feel we're not in control, and we are. Every day we make thousands of choices as to what to do next, what we're going to work on, how we're going to do things. So we make those choices. And so we can make different choices is, is one one key part of it. And multitasking is a myth. It doesn't work. We can really only ever focus on one thing at a time. And focus is the real superpower here. Like, you know, being able to focus and being able to not do multiple things. And we talk about emergencies coming up, like a website problem. Yes, if your website's down, of course you have to deal with it uh, or something like that. But we use that as an excuse not to have good time management habits because that doesn't happen every day or every hour. Uh, so even if the you could gain focus and, and work on really severe time blocks only half the time, you would still double your productivity. So it, it's a real important here. Remember, you're in control. Focus is the superpower, uh, and having those dedicated blocks of time to work on your various projects are is really the important part. And too often, uh, many of us, uh, so I, I am self-employed, I'm a business owner as well, and most of us came from an area where at some point we were paid by somebody else, you know, like, uh, and so we got paid just for, for working. I mean, we were probably worked hard, but we got paid, the work was given to us. So as business owners, we choose the work, and too many of us have built kind of jobs for ourselves, again, instead of focusing on what's really important. So starting with the outcome, what is the outcome we want to achieve this week, this month, this year, over over the five years, and then saying, how much time, uh, what is my step-by-step plan to reach that outcome, and where's my dedicated time to reach that outcome? And you can still set aside a block of time for admin stuff or little stuff that you know creeps in and things like that. But that's really uh, one of the secrets here is to start with the outcome, have a step-by-step plan to get there, and focused blocks of time to work on that plan. I understand that, and um, it's I am totally um, on your side and I agree here. But I see too often, you know, people like. Yeah, I understand it works for you, but no, Marilise, you can't understand. I it, it doesn't work for me because I am too overwhelmed. I cannot put my phone away. I cannot focus for one thing. What would you say somebody, uh, somebody who says something like that? <laughs> Well, and, and I deal with, I coach people every week, right? So I, mm-hmm. I deal with a lot of people that have those kinds of attention difficulties and, and these kinds of things. And, and then we dig into the real problems. Like we'll dig into, okay, well, what are the problems you're having this week? What are the emergencies? Uh, is there a way we can design your work so that it, it doesn't happen in future? So those emergencies don't there. Are there things that could be done by virtual assistants or by staff or something like that? You know, because it's a great way to grow your business to have the detail work done by other people. I mean, when you first start, 
you wear all the hats, you, you do everything. But as you grow and get more successful, well, then suddenly you say, well, gee, I shouldn't be the person who's um, answering all the support tickets every day because I can easily hire a junior person who loves to deal with clients who, who can do that for me. So I, I, that's really a big part of it is the overwhelm is because we haven't worked out our systems yet. And mm -hmm. so systems are what make it happen. Think about exercise. If you want to exercise every day, if you make it a habit to go for a walk every day for 20 minutes, okay, that's a, a little bit of exercise every day for 20 minutes, gets you outdoors, gets you feeling better and recharges you for your afternoon. And you can choose not to go for a walk or you can choose to go for a walk. Once you've got that system and that habit in place, so I do a 20 minute walk every day, that's continual. So I don't come in first thing in the morning and, and look for emergencies or deal with emergencies. I do scan my email quickly to see if there's an emergency or things like that. But I have a set block of time. Uh, so, for example, if my first hour of the morning is set aside for something like marketing, uh, I spend that first hour in marketing. I don't do my email. I, I only do everything related to the marketing block. And then if my next block is product development or writing, then I do that as well. And I have a set block of time to deal with all the email and deal with the other things. So I have blocks of time for all of it. Everything gets done. All my clients are, I get their emails back within one business day, but um, it's on my terms and my time and, and the focus is really what does it. I get so much more work done. Like people are, my clients are often shocked when the next day I'll give them their, their report they wanted back. And then they say, well, how many, you know, and they, they asked me to do uh, do some research for them, and they said, okay, I'll give, give you a budget of five hours, and the next day I, I, I send them a report, and they say, well, how many hours did you spend? It's like an hour and a half, you know, so I, I get stuff done in a fraction of the time it takes other people, and my clients do as well. Like, my coaching clients have been able to double or even triple their productivity, so it's quite possible, and it's the systems that, that do this, okay, the having that, the systems in place to take care of everything. I agree with you here, and... Um the way I think about this, it again circles back to mindset because you should really work with your mindset to, to force yourself, you know, for a while to work through those blocks of time, as you're mentioning. And another, I would say, mindset shift that a business owner should do is uh, around delegating. As you mentioned, you know, maybe you should hire a virtual assistant or maybe you should really build some other systems. But too often we tend to think that you know, I will do this by myself because it takes too much time to, to delegate it, right? Yes, and, and that's a really good point. And many people are not that used to delegating if they haven't mm -hmm. supervised staff before. Uh, and I, I know many of my clients struggle with that. And I always start off whenever, and the other problem too is you delegate something once and maybe it failed, like your virtual assistant didn't, didn't, wasn't able to do it. And so then you go, oh, if you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. So then you give up. And so the answer here is, was it, it may not have been the right virtual assistant. They may not have had the right skills. Okay. You might have asked them to do a graphic design thing for you and the design turned out lousy because they're not a graphic designer. Uh, maybe they'd have been really good at data entry or something or, or re internet research. So, you know, finding the right person. I fire, uh, if I hire 10 people to work on projects for me, I, I will dump probably eight of them in the first in the first couple of weeks. So I, I test them. I pay them. I pay them for all the testing they, I do, but I hire them, give them two hours of work and then get, look at the output and then decide whether to send them more, more work. So that's one of the things is getting the right people. When you get the right person, suddenly it, it just takes off and it becomes amazing. The other thing is giving really good instructions. We usually don't give good instructions. It's like, Oh, I, I need a marketing campaign. 
Yeah. So what are the steps to that? What's your target audience? Who are you trying to reach? What what product are we promoting to them? Is there a special price? Like you got to give your, your people a little more to go on in these cases. The other thing is to start documenting everything. And I know a lot of people go, oh, documenting, that's horrible. Like process documentation is, is a nightmare. But um, if you do this, then the next person who comes in, you can train them. So the first time you delegate, if you document how to do that, then if that person doesn't work out or they leave and you have a new virtual assistant, you can just send them the same documentation. And I have two big tricks for documentation that work really well. The first one is checklists. Checklists are the fastest, quickest way to document anything. Whenever I'm doing a new process, I create a checklist, not just for training, but even for me to make sure I don't miss a step, to figure out what are the steps? How would I do this? How would I, how would I run a YouTube marketing campaign? How would I run an Instagram campaign? How would I, uh, you know, uh, what, what's my 32 steps to creating a new video? And I have 32 steps to create a, a new, new content video, right? So I create these and I refine them over time. And now when I pass that off to another person to do, a checklist is really easy. And a checklist isn't that hard to create. It doesn't take much time. Uh, so that's, that's my fastest way. The other trick I have for delegating and for process documentation is video. What I do is I screen capture what I'm doing and do a voiceover, and then I just pass that on to my virtual assistant. So I delegate a ton of my work. Uh, probably three-quarters of the things I delegate have a little video attached showing them how to do it. And that video, again, goes into my training library. So again, over time, I've got hundreds of little tra training videos, hundreds of templates, hundreds of checklists on how to do things. So these things become very, very quick. And when I mention a 32-point to creating videos, that sounds like a ton of work. Mm -hmm. uh, but I knock off those videos in a couple of hours. Hours, I get through all 32 points. So it's just making sure the steps are there so you don't miss anything. So, Yeah, those are very good tricks, by the way, about delegating. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I love the checklist idea. And um, yes. yeah, and I also use video myself, you know, to, to send yes. those, uh, let, let's say, to give input, right? It's, it's so easy, you know, to, to, to talk it to the video and just send it away. But um, for me, the way I see this, delegating is all about pretty good communication. You, you also said yes. that, you know, you, the output can be only as good as the input is really, <laughs> right? And very clear instructions. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I've run into this myself. So, for example, um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so, for example, I asked one of my virtual assistants to do some research for me. And she was working for me 10 hours a week. She spent all 10 hours that week on the research task I gave her. I wanted her to research for maybe about two hours and give me her best instructions, but I didn't tell her that. I just said, said, do this research. So mm -hmm. you need to give them an estimated time frame. We'll spend a couple of hours on it. Get, get me back the, the best information you can after two hours. Otherwise, they can blow through your entire virtual assistant budget right away. So very clear instructions, estimated times, and tell them what output you're looking for. I also do a test. So let's say if I have a task where, um, let's say I wanted someone to find me, uh, speaking gigs for me to speak all across maybe North America or something like that. Uh, so I, I can go say, well, go out, find, here's my criteria for thing, places I think or events I'd like to speak at. Uh, and here's my criteria, go out and find five. And then they find five, and I would look at them, and I go, well, of these five, these two don't really fit because they're looking for this kind of speaker, and I'm this kind of speaker. So that's how you refine it. Uh, so instead of just 
telling her to go spend 30 hours finding me speaking gigs and finding out that only 10% of them are useful. Uh, you you test the output continuously. And I know it seems to take more time, but by doing this, it refines. And eventually, you'll get those amazing superstar people, and I've had them working for me a few times, <laughs> where you just kind of hand it to them and say, make it so. And they they just go off <laughs> and, and make it happen. You also have to be prepared for somewhat different, I wouldn't say results, because you want good results, but different ways that someone got there. I had a virtual assistant uh, working for me who was a little unusual in that most of my virtual assistants, if they had problems or weren't quite sure, they'd stop and ask me for input, ask me for feedback. Oh, I'm not quite sure what you mean by this, <clears throat> or I'm not quite sure where I'd find this. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the, the right approach. This virtual assistant would bowl through. <laughs> she would just go and finish the project and do it. And I looked at this and I, th I felt, oh, this is kind of odd. She did it differently than I did. But I had to stop myself and say, okay, are you miffed because she didn't need you? <laughs> because you, know, you like to teach, you like to train, you're used to being needed. Um, and I said, well, look at the results. Are the results good? Yeah. Do they fit what mm -hmm. you wanted? Yeah. So should you really care how she got them? Maybe not. So, and so she's an awesome virtual assistant. I passed her on to, uh, onto some of my clients as well. And they, they just rave about her. Uh, you know, so this is an, an example of where maybe be prepared for them to do something a little different than you to, to bring their own skills, their own expertise, uh, to do things in a little different way. Maybe you hadn't thought of. And, and it's very amazing when you find th that level of people that's great really because you need to trust people right and then they can really surprise you or bring those uh, uh, this kind of uh, results as you just described right the, the output is most important you shouldn't worry the how they get important. and you do want to test this first like I wouldn't do this with a brand new person mm -hmm. and just go off and let them spend 40 80 exactly. hours you know because exactly. it's a cost to you but do the do the testing and also the testing helps them you don't want to wait they don't want to feel they've wasted their time or they don't want to feel they've disappointed you so by checking the output after the first couple of hours of work then mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be happy. You can correct their path if they're, if they're going off to a different direction than you thought. And it's interesting, too, because we think we speak very clearly. We know in our head what we want, but trying to explain that to somebody else is tough. And so you can tell them what you think are very clear instructions, and then you look at the output and you go, oh, this is not what I wanted at all. <laughs> And then you realize that it could have been taken different ways. And, and that's so that's where the testing is critical, even though you think you're clear. It's because it's already in your head uh, and it's not as clear to somebody else who isn't in your head. That's a very good point. And uh, we sure need this um, outside perspective. You know, those people actually can bring us very valuable information as we as we delegate. And uh, what you just talked about, uh, um, that people doesn't really they they won't understand the things the way we talk very very often right so for that i use usual i use this mirroring technique i'm sure you know about that so it means that i will i will give this assignment and i will ask usually so tell me what did you understand <laughs> tell me yes. tell me with your own words what will you do next and usually yeah. During this discussion, I'm like, okay, no, she didn't get that. <laughs> I will explain again. And it's a great way to do it. And, it does, and again, it doesn't mean that they're they're not the right person. Uh, exactly. It means we may not be that clear in our communication. And when mm -hmm. and when delegation fails, there's multiple reasons it can mm -hmm. fail. 
usually it's communication coming from the owner. I, I hate to say it. It's, it's often not the person. If, if the person's given clear instruction, they can often do it. But sometimes it's not the right person, maybe not the right skill set. Or in some cases, uh, they're just not. A, I mean, I've hit a lot of people who just are not very good at working, you know, or, mm-hmm. or you know, their skill levels aren't there. But it's usually the uh, communication from the person delegating. So I know, I know. That's, that's strong. So we uh, talked about focus and we need to dedicate certain time slots, right? We we also talked about delegating and you already shared some great tips here, but I'd like to circle back also to, to multitasking because I think that's the biggest uh, struggle here or how do you see that? <laughs> It really is the biggest struggle. And multitasking and focus go hand in hand, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I, I like to use a phrase, and this is my own phrase, but it's uh, world-class performance requires world-class focus. Mm. So think for a moment about um, somebody operating at a very high level, like the Olympics or maybe the cellist in an orchestra. Uh, they're not answering texts on their email while they're waiting for their part <laughs> to come up in the, in the cello in there. Um, if I, and I don't know what the most popular sport is in your country, but <clears throat> if your, your top star on your favorite team has a breakaway on the goal, you don't want them stopping and answering their phone on the on the way to the goal. <laughs> so. So that this is what what is key. Uh, they don't multitask. So world class performers do not multitask at all ever. So you have to think about this. Now I get that we do have to answer phones because it might be clients or if if your job is as a support person, yes, it's to answer the phone, but not necessarily at that time. And you can work uh, what I call asynchronously. Like uh, people send you an email, yes, you have to answer it, but it doesn't have to be the first thing you do in the morning. And for most of us. Email is kind of easy. So I do my hardest, nastiest task first thing in the morning when my energy levels are high. And then I work on easy things like email in the afternoon. So I, I've worked my time blocks around that. So I don't multitask. Um, I don't have Slack open. I don't have Facebook open. I turn off all these notifications on my smartphone, uh, you know, because you don't need to be in the middle of, of a major plan for the marketing campaign for your brand new project where you've got this high level of thinking going on, Right. You don't need to be told, oh, somebody liked your Facebook post. I mean, <laughs> it's not worth being interrupted for that. Or you get a spam email. And if your email tab is open, it's human nature to go, like if I was talking to you right now and my email was open and, and a, you know something came there, it, it would be like human nature. We've got to go see. That could be a really important email. And then you go there, and what is it? It's usually just a newsletter or spam or mm-hmm. something minor. It almost is never as critical as we think it might be. So in these cases, yes, um, avoiding the multitasking is key and critical. And it's getting harder and harder with smartphones. Smartphones are, are um, on one hand, can be one of the greatest productivity tools that you can have because it lets you create found time like it lets you uh i once created a outline for one of my workshops while i was waiting in a doctor's office like it you know you can answer emails you can do these kind of things and it's also also a productivity serial killer because it it just kills your productivity by interrupting you all the time and focus when you're fully focused, you're deep into something and, and it's, you know, working really well. You've got this great, amazing high level of thinking going on and you're interrupted and your mind mm-hmm. comes out of that. Just bang like that. 
it can take you up to 20 minutes or a half hour to come back to that same high level of focus. And if you're interrupted multiple times an hour by smartphone notifications, by Slack notifications, by uh, all these you know emails coming in, all those kinds of different things, then it's going to, you know, you're operating at only a small fraction of your brain power. Mm-hmm. It was a very good comparison with the uh, sportsman, really. And we all know that, you know, those high achievers, they are great at focusing and they don't multitask. So it's uh, it's a very, very strong point you, you brought out because multitasking is, is not as, benef- as beneficial as people believe it is. And uh, I have personally, you know, gone through many um, uh, researchers uh, that talk about uh, multitasking. And um, recently also, I also read that why... Uh, uh, why we should stop multitasking on top of the, all the things you mentioned already. Uh, it's a very serious reason, actually, because aco- according to those researchers, multitasking damages our short-term memory and it can even yeah. damage our permanent memory. So it's, it's crazy why we do that, right? <laughs> well, and, and it's especially concerning with young people with the mm-hmm. smartphones now. And uh, I, I belong to a lot of productivity forums and discussion groups that I belong to. And there's continually uh, university students panicking because they're failing their courses because they cannot focus they cannot Mm -hmm. you know they can't even spend 20 minutes focusing on learning a topic because the smartphones are just continuous uh there and i try to help but you know it's really tough because uh, this next generation is growing up with these and and so they're being distracted from a very early age and parents are handing their children now smartphones to keep them occupied while they're busy right and oh it's yeah, it, it's turning into a, a really serious problem. And, and we just don't focus. And my clients um, will often say, well, I, I say, well, what's your top priority? What's your hot, biggest priority this week? Your, the project you're going to spend the most time on? And they tell me their, their project they're going to spend the most time on. But when we do time tracking, we find out they're not spending the time on that project they said. They said, well, yeah, I need to spend mm-hmm. five hours a week in this project. They'll be lucky to get an hour because so many other things are happening. So, and we... Um, well, my clients lie to me, but I think it's because they're lying to themselves <laughs> about, you know, oh, yeah, I, I do this so many hours a week on this. And, and when we do the time tracking, the time tracking doesn't lie. And, oh, yeah, sorry. You're not really doing that, right? It's, it's uh, you know, kind of like when, you, when you're lying to your, your doctor about your blood sugars or your, uh, you know, or, or your weight or something. The, the, the scales or the blood tests don't lie. They tell you what, what's really going on. And similarly, the, the time tracking does the same thing. And my clients are quite shocked when they look at the time tracking and go, really? Like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm only spending 5% of my week on marketing. I thought it was much higher than that. So, and I said, yeah, and that's why the income is drying up because you're not putting enough time into your marketing. So exactly. How can you expect, you know, amazing results and uh, everything to happen when you are actually not like concentrating and focusing on, uh, on doing those things. Right. And it's the big projects too. So these really big very important projects. Like, say you want to write a book. Okay, mm-hmm. I've written a book and published it on Amazon. You can see it up there. <laughs> but um, you know, how do you write a book, and how do you find time to write a book? Because how many hours are going to take to write a book? It sounds crazy. But if you spend an hour a day, you'll have a book done in a few months. Like, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't take that long. Like people think it takes much longer than than what it does. But um, these big projects, we keep putting off. Well, I'll do that when I have time. Well, you're never going to have 
30 hours in one week where you can throw into a project yeah. ever. It's just not going to happen. So this is where an hour a day, a half hour at a time, uh, you know, setting a timer for 30 minutes and working on it, which is the Pomodoro technique. This is where just doing that regularly on a prod on a big project gets it gets it finished. Uh, and that's that's what and most of us come to the end of it and like, oh, crap, that's due in two days. And then we throw a whole bunch of time in it and then you know we get really bad results and people say well i work best under pressure and the truth is people do not work best under pressure that what it does mm -hmm. is the pressure just finally forces them to actually invest the time to get it done but they're not doing their best work at all and you also lose the opportunity to uh, let your mental back burner work on it, like be thinking about it. So if I start a project today, let's say if I was going to come up with a brand new workshop today, so I come up with a new, new topic idea. Well, when I go for my walk, suddenly, oh, I could do this on that topic. Uh, so then I might take a note in my smartphone to make sure I don't lose it. Uh, and then a few days later, another idea might come up while I'm exercising or doing things. So you get to, your mind is working on it even when you're not actively, and you get much better results. Plus, you can ask people, you can do research, you can pull more things in. And so you're not just scrambling in a, in a couple of hours to throw a report together that is not very good. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, I, I would say that. Even 15 or 20 minutes is better than nothing, right? Because progress yes. is better than perfections, right? <laughs> so it's, uh, it is important to, uh, to remember that uh, we, we don't, we actually never find this 30 hours, uh, as you mentioned, on, a, on your week because. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is yeah. unrealistic, really. So that's, that's a very good thing to, to keep in mind here, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then too, sometimes if you can't do time blocking, like if you mm -hmm. just feel you can't, what I recommend is something I call the carousel blocking technique, which is where you um, take uh, 30 minutes, set your smartphone or your kitchen timer for 30 minutes, mm -hmm. and you just work on eight, each of your projects for 30 minute blocks, like just 30 minutes. When you're done the timer, take a stretch break, stand up, move around a bit, then go and spend 30 minutes on the next project. So you're rotating through all mm -hmm. the projects like mm -hmm. a carousel. And I find that that helps. Or you can use that technique even for just 15 minutes. If you've been in the holidays, you just come back or you're really overwhelmed. 15 minutes on each of your projects can help you get like the worst things passed on, answer your your questions from your assistants or people you're delegating to. And, and at least you've touched every project and you know where they're at at that point. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. that works very well for people who are overwhelmed, just rotating through people who say, well, Garland, I can't set aside like Monday at nine for mark marketing and 10 o'clock for writing. And, you know, the carousel method works for those people who just can't seem to do that. So. Well, that's amazing because I feel like I'm using similar method myself with the, with my clients because um, I tell them that um, you should work as you work worked back in the in the school, right? You had different right. uh, those um, lessons, yes. right? You had history class, you had uh, mathematics, you had uh, other those uh, classes there, and you only spent like. 45 minutes per, per one lesson, right? So, and you switched yeah. again, again, yeah. again. Yeah, you, you don't like work all day, on, all day on history. Um, mm -hmm. And then for a semester and then next semester you do math for, exactly. for that and learn all your math for three or four years. You don't, you don't work that way, right? Like you, you work in, I think it was usually about 40 minutes or one hour yep. blocks or whatever they are. And time, so yeah, that's definitely school is, is time blocking, yes. 
Well, I feel like we could spend hours here, right, today, but <laughs> I, I will try to wrap it up. So uh, let's see. There is understanding the power of why, right? We, we were talking about the, the mindset here. That's the one thing. Yeah. There is focus. You, you mentioned that unlocking your secret, secret superpower, right? That's, uh, that's uh, important here. And uh, also you mentioned uh, delegating, right? Which is success through other people. Right. Mm -hmm. You've got it. Perfect. Wow. <laughs> Those are the okay. main things, we, main things sure. we talked about. And the time blocking, like the dedicated time for uh, things time. Uh, okay. is, is a key one as well, because um, all these ideas are, are great. But mm -hmm. if you don't, you know, if you have the greatest marketing plan in the world, but you never mm -hmm. have the time to implement it, then it doesn't it doesn't come to fruition. So yeah so i got them all and uh, i believe it's very helpful you know for for people who are listening to us but uh, please tell us where can people find you if they want to reach out and hear more about uh, your techniques and tricks <laughs> my website and blog is at captaintime.com and that's also got links out to all my social media and youtube yeah, my youtube channel is a good one to follow because i put new tips out there almost every week so Okay, that's that's amazing. So before um, uh, before we go, please share with us and comment, of course, the song and the quote that always inspires you. <laughs> well, um, I, I kind of like the song "Defying Gravity," uh, which I think is from the the Wicked musical. Um, you know, and it, it's uh, sung by I think Adina Menzel, um, and it just. You know, I think to, today I'm going to try defying gravity. You know, it's kind of a neat, um, inspirational, you know, mm -hmm. well, let's try defying gravity today because that's quite fun. You know, maybe we didn't do it yesterday, but today maybe we could defy gravity. So I love that idea of, of you know, defying gravity, flying high, uh, find, finding a way to get to get to new levels. So that's that's something that I, I quite quite enjoy that's a great, uh, and, that's, and, a great uh, that's a great song actually and uh, and <laughs> i mean i mean exactly the meaning behind this right because uh, sometimes we we fly you know throughout our days and our lives without any gravity at all so that's a good one thank you and what about the quote well the quote and and i love this one it's not from me it's from michael altshuler mm -hmm. and it is the bad news is time flies but the good news is you're the pilot. Mm. So um, what I love about this is, yeah, time does pass quickly. And, and you know, it, it does seem to, to really slip away on us. But w I love that he's saying you're the pilot. You choose where to fly. You choose what you're going to work on next. And this is just a brilliant. And I really, one of the very first steps I do coaching with people is I, I force them to take back control of their time. Like to, to realize they are in control of their time. Most of them have given up. Like, oh, my boss controls my time. Um, I can't do this because my family takes too much of my time. Uh, you know, and, and there's so many reasons. Like everybody comes up with these reasons. And essentially, they've conceded control to the outside world. They've given up their control. And that is something that is, is critical to your success is taking back that control and understanding that even in the most difficult circumstances of time overwhelm and a lot of work and everything else, 
you still have choices. You still choose what to do next. You can choose to automate things. You can choose to delegate things. You can choose to streamline things. You can choose to dump some tasks that are not towards your major outcomes. So you are the pilot. You are in control. And that's something that I really try to hammer home to people. It's one of the first lessons I try to teach my coaching clients is to get them to take back control. Well, that's strong. So let's take back control of our lives and let's be, you know, the best pilots <laughs> of our <Yes>. time. <laughs> well, thank you, Garland, for your time here today. Uh, it's really appreciated. The, you know, everything you shared is, is so valuable. So thank you again. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Mary Lise. I really enjoyed uh, doing this. So it was great to talk to you. That's all we've got for this episode of the Powerful Marketing Tips podcast. Make sure to link up with us at our free monthly international mastermind event. Just go to powerful-marketers.com forward slash mastermind for registration. And one thing that would really help us and other new potential listeners is if you would rate this show and leave a comment wherever you tune in to listen. Until next time, take care.